You're listening to a Sharesies podcast. Tēnā koutou katoa, it's Friday the 3rd of September and you're listening to Recap. I'm Alice. I'm Jose. And I'm Winona. We work at Sharesies. Sharesies is a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create the most financially empowered generation. Now, before we get started, please listen to this very important uh, piece of information. Investing involves risk. You aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with. Any information we provide is general only and current at the time. If you're looking for help with your investment choices, we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider. Hey, podcats. It's recap and it's Casual Friday. I love Casual Friday. I'm so ready for Casual Friday. And as you might have heard, we have a guest with us, Winona. Welcome. Welcome to recap. Hello. It's so good to have you here. Um, obviously, we're all in lockdown again. Well, you guys, you guys are all both in Wellington, so you're in level three. So um, has everyone, anyone ordered takeaways yet? Is that the big thing? Yeah, I had a um, souvlaki for lunch yesterday, which was delicious, from the Greek food truck. Oh, that sounds um, great. Which has like, got to be my favourite takeaway in Wellington. That is a good, that is a very good place. Um, it's not in my area, so fish and chips, just fish and chips. Oh, fish and chips. Oh, God, I wish I could have Sorry to make chips. you so jealous of us, Jose. <laughs> I'm in Auckland. You'll get so, there one day. Oh, yeah, when I've um, been eating kale. Or kale soup. Kale soup with beans. Oh, no. But um, so as we mentioned, it's Casual Friday and Winona, you're here and you're a product designer at Shearsy. So what does that actually mean? Like, what do you do in your job? I honestly don't actually have any idea. Neither do I. Please I really, me. Yeah, I, me too. I'm really interested in hearing this actually. Oh, cool. So essentially, um, as a product designer, I am responsible for the visual and tactile user experience within the app. Um, that's the serious version of what you say. Uh, pretty much <laughs> I make all the changes um, and look at how we incorporate that in the design so that you don't have to think too hard um, when you're going through the app. Oh, that's such an important part of the process. Thank you so much for the work you do. Nothing worse than a crappy app. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, Jose, if we get into the news, do you want to kick us off today? Oh, yeah, I'd love to. So, um, we're starting off in Australia with uh, the news that an offshore electrici- electricity infrastructure bill has been introduced into Parliament by the federal government. So, are we talking about floating wind farms, that sort of thing? Yes, we are. So, the proposed bill would set up the regulatory framework for licences to be granted. Uh, to allow companies to start building offshore electricity projects. So that includes schemes like those wind farms you just mentioned, but also generators that are powered by waves and tidal movements. And that's quite significant because Australia doesn't currently have an offshore wind generation. It doesn't have any uh, offshore wind generation. So it's hoped this would kickstart a new industry. Okay, I thought that there were plenty of wind farms in Australia, though, and it's not like they don't have space for more on land. Mm. So why is offshore so important? Yeah, you're right. There are a lot in Australia, certainly more than New Zealand. Uh, as far as I can tell from having a look around, there's... Well, I didn't literally have a look around. I didn't travel to Australia and start walking around. No one's Admit it, you there. were on Google Earth, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, counting all the... Counting them. 
counting all the the wind farms, um, all the turbines. But as far as I can tell, there's over like over a hundred farms operating, and altogether they provide ten percent of all the electricity generated in Australia. But uh, it's argued by the government and pro offshore advocates that out on the sea, wind is way more consistent and it's a faster wind that lasts longer. Um, so it's more stable because um, uh, wind onshore can be inconsistent. And plus you don't have land use issues or neighbours complaining about the sound. Uh, mind you, they are more costly to build, the offshore uh, wind farms, and fixing up generators if they break down can take longer because, of course, you have to send people out in boats and helicopters and whatnot. So are there any projects or companies that are looking at getting into that offshore electricity game? Has there been any interest in this? Yeah, I mean, apparently there's more than 10 different proposals for offshore wind that have been sitting around waiting for legislation to be created. Uh, having a look around, uh, one of those is the Star of the South Wind Farm, which is planned for off the coast of Victoria, which could supply up to 1.2 million homes with power. So the government says that that project, along with the, another proposal that would transmit clean energy to Singapore, were collectively worth $10 billion Australian dollars and could create uh, up to 10,000 jobs. Alice, what's your story for today? Okay, so we've mentioned a number of times on Recap about a global semiconductor chip shortage. Uh, usually this has been in the context of when we're talking about either vehicle manufacturers uh, or companies that make computery type products like Dell or Apple. And uh, don't ask me too much about the technicalities of how these things work because it's way too sciencey <laughs> for me. Yeah. Um, but from what I understand, they basically help conduct electricity. What is important to know, though, is that these little computer chips, uh, they can be found in thousands of products from gaming consoles to medical equipment uh, to new cars. And actually in new cars, they can use up to thousands of um, these little semiconductor chips. And so there's a shortage of these little chips um, at the moment. Yeah, that's right. So this has been going on for a few months now. I mean, it all comes back to COVID, which has caused factory shutdowns. And then on top of that, there's also been a surge in demand for tech products, which use these little things, uh, you know, for computers and that while people are working from home. Uh, now, this shortage has been causing strife for automobile manufacturers across the world. And that's what my news is about today. We need to stop talking about chips. I'm just getting more and more hungry. But you, you're right. This has been in the news a lot today. Just uh, actually yesterday on recap, we were talking about the shortage in the context of um, Tesla. That's Elon Musk's company, of course. So what's the news today? What's new today? Yeah, well, there's two pieces of news I found related to this. So the first mm. one is General Motors. Uh, now, that's the American company that's behind a number of car brands um, and they're listed on the New York Stock Exchange. They announced overnight that they'll be cutting back production at most of their North American assembly plants in September. Uh, now, guess what uh, that's due to? Uh, this semiconductor shortage. Also, these chips, which are not the regular delicious chips, are Stop stopping it. production Stop <laughs> at some of these plants. Yeah. So how many are we talking about and for how long, Alice? 
Uh, Well, there's a total of eight factories across the US, Mexico and Canada that will be impacted by this. So from next week, production will be stopped at General Motors uh, plant in Indiana, as well as a plant in Mexico. And these two plants produce pickup trucks. Now, General Motors has indicated that these two factories will be tools down for one week. But the other ones that will be impacted by this um, are expected to be shut for two weeks. And like we said at the start, this is impacting a lot of car manufacturers right across the world, right? Yeah, that's right. So in fact, also overnight, this is my second piece of news for today. Uh, General Motors' competitor Ford, that's another American car company listed on the New York Stock Exchange, they released their August sales results. And what they showed is that uh, their August new vehicle sales, they fell 33% compared to this time a year ago. Um, And once again, this company put that down to the chip shortage. And Toyota's also cutting back production, right? So I remember seeing that in the news a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. Um, Like you say, a couple of weeks ago, Toyota announced that they're cutting back global production by 40% in September. So they had been planning on making 900,000 vehicles this month, uh, but they've reduced those plans to 540,000 vehicles. Uh, now, there's also other car manufacturers that have scaled back production as well, uh, This, including the likes of Nissan, uh, BMW and Renault. So it's a pretty widespread issue then. Yeah, you could say that. Um, actually, I saw it reported in a CNBC article that a consulting firm has estimated that the chip shortage could cost the global automotive industry $110 billion, uh, US dollars, that is, worth of revenue in 2021 alone. Oh, wow. Thanks. Thanks, Alice, for that. Uh, It's time now to turn over to Winona, the Winona desk. What's happening, Winona? Uh, In tech giant news, WhatsApp, which is owned by Facebook, has been fined a record 225 million euro by Ireland's privacy watchdog, the Data Protection Commission. Wait a minute, why is WhatsApp and, by extension, Facebook getting fined by the Irish privacy cops? Well, like a couple of the big tech giants, um, Facebook has its EU headquarters in Ireland and the Irish regulator is the lead authority for the tech giant in Europe. Okay, so 225 million euro is a lot of money. So why were they fined? Two words, privacy breach. Uh, The concerns are not about data sharing itself, but transparency with users about how data is shared. All right, so WhatsApp wasn't telling its users how they were using the data, is that right? Well, pretty much data is a powerful and sensitive issue around the world, and rightly so. Uh, The DPC said the company provided only 41% of prescribed information to users of its service. Also, messages by non-users could be forwarded to the platform and they weren't getting any information, which essentially denies them the right to control their personal data. And this is all according to the DPC. Okay, so did WhatsApp have anything to say in response? Yeah, well, they definitely did. And they released a press statement disagreeing with the decision. They said they have worked to ensure the info they provided is transparent and comprehensive, and the penalties are entirely disproportionate. Okay, so what happens next from here? Well, WhatsApp says it will appeal the ruling and it's expected that the case will be before the courts for years, potentially. Yeah, it feels like that might roll on. Thank you so much, Winona. And that means it's the end of the show. That was recap for the 3rd of September. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks to Winona for helping us out and stepping in for Casual Friday. Has, has it been everything you hoped for? Me. 
It was. It was um, like recording with the Beyonce and Jay-Z of Shazies. I, I love that. <laughs> Obviously, I'm the Jay-Z. Um, no, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. You're Beyonce. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so if you're enjoying what you hear, please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Cool. And Recap will be back next week. Ka kite Bye.